we're on the air. I can tell. I can hear myself. All right. Good to see everyone that's made it out tonight or today, wherever we might be. I like it. Let's take our Bibles. Let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter 11, shall we? We're going to chapter 11, and we're going to continue our study there today. Uh, once again, uh, just so that you all know, we are... Um, there, when you pick up the bulletin today, you'll see that there are several uh, preachers that are mentioned uh, to have them come and speak for us. Uh, if you know of a speaker that you would prefer, please let me know, and uh, we'll take that into account as well, and uh, we'll do our full number on it and see how well we can come up with all of our numbers. And then uh, I'll announce that to the church that this is the person that uh, looks like has the most votes. Uh, as a reminder, we do uh, want to remember that this week uh, the uh, church... Uh, later on in this week, I should say, it looks like the uh, church for the area fellowship is going to be Big Creek Baptist Church, and uh, they are having a guest speaker in all this week, and we just pray the Lord will continue to bless and provide for them as well. Uh, and again, this uh, coming Saturday will be the area fellowship. We hope that everyone will be able to come and attend, if at all possible. We're going to go down to verse 14, and we're going to read to the end of the chapter. Uh, we've already taken a look at the other 11 uh, other verses that have gone down to this particular verse. And as we made a comment last time that we were together, uh, this was the conclusion of the, uh, the seal. And of course, we have not finished up all of our notes that are there, but I think it's important for us to go ahead and uh, see where we're at beginning of verse 14. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe comes quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there shall be great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell, down, fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God, Almighty, which are, which was, and which uh, are to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and thou shouldest give reward unto the servants of the prophets and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in the temple, in his temple, the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hell. Now as we begin today, we want to once again take a look at where we left off, and uh, we're going to pick up from the uh, statement of who will preach. Now again, we looked at the first set of notes that were there uh, from last week, and they're on the uh, podium in the back, so if you want last week's notes and this week's notes, they are there. So Last week's notes are titled, Hard to Argue, Easy to Understand. But the more that we see going on around us, the more that we should be aware of the things that uh, are happening in plain sight for us to consider. So we want us to look at the Word of God today and be faithful to all the things that are given. We want to begin by going to the Lord in prayer, and we'll ask that he'll just continue to bless and guide. Father, again, we want to thank you for your blessings to us as a people. And I pray to Father today that as we study your word, that we might be faithful in all things that you've given us. 
Help us, dear Father, to understand the things that are written. Help us to grasp those things which are mentioned not only in Scripture, but that we might be prepared for all the things that are about to happen. Lord, again, we need you. We pray that you will kind, be kind to us and help us to understand the things that are written not only in the Word of God, but take serious the things that are written therein. Help us, dear Father, then to know that the things that are written are as they have already happened because in your presence they already have. You're not limited, Father, as we are. Not limited in any way to the time frames in which we live. And Lord, you can visit us in the past, you can visit the present, you can visit the future. You are literally the God of all gods. And I pray, dear Father, that we might truly understand what you have for us. Lord, prepare us now to receive thy word. Guide us and bless us. Help us, dear Father, to watch over in all things. In Christ we pray, and amen. I may mention in the time of prayer that our God is not limited in scope or in fashion. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, but let's go ahead and let's make sure we understand this. In, in the first chapter of this book, we notice that there is an introduction in verse 8 about who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And in verse 8 of Revelation chapter 1, it says, I am Alpha and Omega. Now, understand, that's present. The words Alpha and Omega means I existed in the past, I exist in the present, I exist in the future. He is the only one of all creation that can actually make that statement that I have been in the beginning, I am there, I'm in the present, I am there, I'm in the future, I am there. So look what else it says, saith the Lord, which is, there it is again, which was, and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So we don't understand how the things can be like this because God created us not in the infinity of our minds, though our spirits are made in infinite, but he has allowed us to understand that the things that are written in the Word of God are past, present, and future. Look again and see if I'm not right on that. In verse 15 it says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Now understand this very much. This is as though it's happening. It's not written in the future. It's not written in the past. It's written as it is going to occur and when it occurs. I think this is where a lot of people mess up because reality is is that we're thinking only in the forward condition. There, okay, I, I didn't know if it died or not. But anyway, the reality is is that it, because it is written the way it is, many people say, well, this has already happened. This has already occurred. My question to them is, when did it occur? Physically, when did it happen? There is no time in history that we can ever point out that this has happened. Now, once again, there's a lot of times where people saying this, well, he rules and reigns in my heart. Well, that's true. He should. But any time that we fall into sin, he did, he's a very poor ruler. I want you to get that. When Jesus Christ finally ascends to the throne in Jerusalem, the redeemed in their glorified bodies will join up with him at that time. Now, if he is not there 
with us at the present time that we need him to be, we've got a problem. Now let's see what else it says. The kingdoms of this world are that these are yet to happen are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. So the millennial kingdom is just the beginning but his eternal kingdom will follow thereafter and that's where we're going to get into a little bit later as well. Now the hard part is and this is why I think it's important for us to uh, go back and look at the uh, the witnesses that we have seen. We're going to go back in just for a moment and see what we find with the witnesses that have come down. Let's go ahead and if you've gotten the notes, you can see this as well. Uh, in fact, while I was preparing for this, I was jumping ahead. And, you know, the biggest problem is whenever you study eschatology, unless you do it every day, it's easy enough to jump ahead and, and to fall behind or whatever you want to do with it. But if we want to see the chronological order of things, we have to see where these things are at. Let's go ahead and let's read one more time Revelation chapter 1. And I want us to go down to verse 3, and we're going to read for a little bit. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth. This is Revelation chapter 11, verse 3. Now, I want you to see this. This is why this chart is so important for us to understand. There's one of the biggest arguments is, if all the saints are taken up off the earth, who is going to be the continual witness? Now may I say this to you, that the time that all of the saints are taken above the earth, past, present, uh, you know, all of those that are there, when the Lord comes forth, trumpet sound, and we which are dead shall rise up to be with him, and we that are alive and remain shall be caught up with them, according to second, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. When he brings us up, down comes the two witnesses. How do I know that? Because of what we just read. They have 1,260 days. Now, if you go in with the 365 uh, calendar days that we have in our own mathematics, it comes up wrong. But the Jewish calendar, which this is written by, is not 365, it's 360 so if you divide 360 days into that 1260, it comes up exactly three and a half years. So understand that this is written to us in the Jewish tone, not in, you know, the quote-unquote, the, the Gregorian or the Julian calendar. Now, there are several purposes of these men when they come into this earth. Let's see what is going to be uh, responsible for those individuals. All right, let's continue on with our studies. And it says, uh, these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now, I've really thought about that, and I wonder how many people understand who the olive trees and the candlesticks really are. Let's go back, if you will, hold your place here. And let's go back, let me get my, my little tab here, and let's go to Zechariah chapter 4 Zechariah chapter 4 and let's take a look at what it says there in regards alright over there now there we are 
Zechariah chapter 4, and let's go down to verse 11. And it said, Then answered I, and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick, and on the left side thereof? So we have two olive trees, and these are the two candlesticks that are mentioned. And I answered again, and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which the, uh, through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? In other words, they have a responsibility to empty themselves of the message that is there for them. And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No. No, my Lord. And he said to me, These are the two anointed ones. Now it's interesting is that this is prophesied in Zechariah chapter 4. These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Now understand this. Their responsibility is to declare this message, this message of holiness, this message of righteousness, but it is reserved for the earth, not for heavenly places. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't, don't really grasp. When we go back in and we study the, the things of the tabernacle, the book of Exodus, the book of Genesis, the laws, all of that, it is for us on this earth. In fact, just a little bit of a highlight on the next service. My question that kept coming to me while I studied the Word of God was, why didn't God kill Cain? Now, how many of us have ever asked that question? How, why didn't God require blood of Cain? If you have ever looked at that message, I hope to answer that for you today in the second service. But the things that are upon this earth are really things that are earthy. Things that are in heaven are heavenly. So when we think of these messages that these two olive branches have, their oil will be oil of the Holy Spirit, which is always significant of the olive tree. Their oil that they pour out is an oil of calling. It is an oil of truth, and so on and so forth. Now I want you to get this. In Revelation chapter 11, they are continuing on their message. They've had three and a half years to actually carry on this message. But this is the same group of men that they will call the 144,000. Now I believe, and if you go back in, I'll show this to you. Let's go back to uh, chapter 6 and uh, make sure that we have a good understanding. Actually, it's in chapter 7. And in verse 4, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 of the tribes of the children of Israel. Now, once again, take a note of every tribe that is mentioned. And of the tribe of Judah uh, were, were sealed 12,000. They are reserved, God knows who they are, and they are reserved for that particular means a message at the end when we are already taking them off this earth. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Asher were sealed uh, 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephtali were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon 
were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Ezrachar were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Benjamin there were sealed 12,000 you will see two names that are distinctly missing one is the tribe of Dan and the other one is the tribe of Ephraim why were they missing because according to the Old Testament, they apostatized. Now, I'm not going to go back in and, and look at this, but how many of you all remember that during the, the days of the judges, there was a group of people that come to Dan and said, man, we're, we're needing, a, you have an ephod. And if you have an ephod, you can actually proclaim yourself to the tribe of Dan. So Dan apostatized very early. If you go back in and read many of the minor prophets, you're going to find that they speak out against Ephraim over and over again. So those two names are completely wiped away. They are not, they're not missing. Don't get me wrong. They are not missing. They have been dismissed by God Almighty. Can he do that? He can do whatever he wants. In the place of Dan, we can now find the tribe of Levi. If you recall, Levi had no possession. They were the tribe of the priest. But now we're going to find that they have a responsibility to be the, the tribe of proclaimers. We also see that there's no longer Ephraim, which was the second tribe out of Joseph. And in the place of Ephraim, we have the message of Joseph. His name has been replaced. So you have Manasseh and Joseph, not Manasseh and Ephraim. Look what else we have. We also find that they uh, have a great responsibility while go back to Revelation chapter 11 verse 4. And these two olive branches and two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth, and if any man will hurt them, in other words, it is designed to hurt. If a man desires to kill them, if a man desires to threaten them, if any man comes up and challenges them, what's going to be their state? And if any man will hurt them, and now, how long do you think it's going to take to deter? Now, I want you to see this. And devour their enemies, and if any man will hurt them, he must be in this manner be killed. In other words, if he doesn't follow, he will be killed. Now, that's not my Don't you think we ought to be more merciful? That's not my... You don't like the... Find out what he demands, not what we expect. Now what's interesting is, these men have been given the responsibility for 1,203 score days to witness to the Jews, to let them know that the power of God is going to come down. When he uh, allows this at uh, 360 days, this shows that they are ministering to the Jewish people. Just a little bit of a highlight, just a, a, a bit of a warning. When we get to chapter 12, Everything that they have witnessed is now going to be revealed to those, that remnant that's going to be called. We're going to see that remnant. And as we see that remnant, you're going to see that in that they are still the way, that they are protected, and they are preserved, just as they were in the wilderness. Back in the time of Exodus, they're going to be preserved just again by God Almighty. Look what we find here. And, uh, in verse 6 of chapter 11. These have power to shut the heaven, 
that it rained not in the days of their prophecy and have power and to smite the earth with all will. Now, I want us to think about this. We know that there is at least one-third of the oceans or the seas are going to be turned to blood. Could it be because these men command it to be so? It could very well be. We just don't know. It could very well be that these men command the oceans to be turned to blood. We also know that there is going to be destruction. These men have the abilities to call forth plagues and to bring destruction like we have never seen before. And thank God I don't do it. You know, I don't understand why anybody would want to be a part of this. That's why our cry is, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Now, you know, it's like this. Brother Randy and I were talking earlier today about what's going on with Hamas. And how that in, uh, I think it was in Detroit, we were talking about that earlier today. How that a woman was dragged out of the synagogue who was supposed to be their leader and they were killed. And everyone's saying, well, what do you think about that? May I point this out to you? There are two characteristics that are going on right now. Not everyone that says they are Jews are Jews. We read that last week. But also, let's point this out and make sure we have a complete understanding. Not everyone follows the order of the Jewish people, and there are many Gentiles who now follow a Jewish religion. Now please understand that. There are many Gentiles that follow a Jewish religion. In other words, they want to bring in their Jewish and they want to cultivate them or they want to mix them with the Jewish beliefs as well. And that's what creates the troubles we're having today. Pure the standing that occurs, there's going to be a heart not by but by the That's really going to happen. I believe that uh, those people that are in uh, Judea right now, those that are in parts of Israel, those that are throughout that, that region of Palestine, they are literally there because God has this. Why did six million people have to die during the what they call the final solution in Nazi Germany? Why do you think it occurred? Now, was that the Jewish religion? No. Please understand that. It wasn't the Jewish religion. It was all Jews that were killed. Now, anyone that was faithful to preserve Christians that wanted to protect the Jewish people, they were killed as well. That's why we have the book for Tim Boone uh, that she wrote as well, because reality is her and her family tried to protect uh, the Jewish people that were coming in, in her way. Do you know, and I, I don't want to let America off the hook at all, do you know that when America saw that the persecution was on the rise, America turned her back? We really did. If you don't believe me, go back and research history on your own. Don't take my word for it. Always research history. And so because of that, so many people thought, well, you know, God's going to protect them, this, that, and the other. God has mysterious plans that we don't understand. But the sympathies of the world were created such that the, the Jews were given their homestead. But now watch this. They had to meet all the requirements as established by England. How many of you know that? 
they had to have their own language. Do you realize Judaism had died, or the Jewish language had died for about 250 years, maybe longer? But one man realized that it had been gone, and he started doing research, and by the 1880s, and, I, and again, don't hold me to the dates, he had already confirmed and had recreated the entire Jewish language. That's amazing. More than Strong's, more than Rosetta Stone, more than Babel, they actually understood what was going on with the language. So already they had to me all themselves to point. I would encourage every one of you all, if you ever get a chance, now please, uh, you know, anything that I tell people, be careful of what you watch or read. But if you want to see a movie, and most of us enjoy movies, go back and look at Cast the Giant Shadow. Now once again, Kurt Douglas, who was a Jew, a lot of people don't realize this. Yes, Mr. Dimple, you know, in the, in the chin, he was actually a Jewish man. And so he pointed out his, not only in his Jewish faith, but he pointed out that he wanted to be the main character of this role. Take a look at it sometime. But here's the other thing. The purpose of these two witnesses coming down was to be a visible imprint. Remember what it says in Scripture? The Jews want a sign. The Greeks want knowledge. When we see the sign of them coming down, remember this is that in, in Leviticus, or excuse me, in the book of Luke chapter 16, it was stated by the rich man, if, uh, if Lazarus comes forth, or one rises from the dead, surely my family will believe. I believe that that Lazarus is the same one missing in John chapter 11. Because he did come from, from death. He was raised from, you know, from death. But instead, and the Jewish rulers of that time and they all went man what's this guy done now I can't believe that once again I want us to be aware of every little thing that goes on look what else it says when we find that this fire that means Jews and Gentiles alike. There are going to be many Jewish leaders that are going to hate the fact that these men stand up for themselves the truth. There's going to be many Gentiles. Not only is the and anyone look what else it says over in Revelation chapter 11. Uh, in verse 7, and when they have finished their testimony, not until the word is done, that I am an invincible man. We all, until Christ is done with us upon this earth, I am invincible. Can I control a heart attack? No. Can I stop a stroke? No. I can take all the medicines in the world to make sure that I do everything I can for my own good health. I can go on a diet. I can exercise. I can do it all. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to add one bit of time to my life. When God says, I'm done with you, 
I'm going to die. But now I want you to get this. There has got to be a completion. Did you notice here it says, and when they have finished. In other words, they have But the beast in that, that ascended out of the say hallelujah. You know why we say hallelujah? Because of Hebrews 9.27. For it is appointed unto man to die is the judgment. So these men of one man by the name of Billy Graham. This occurred also with Charles Spurgeon. This happened also with D.L. Moody and many, many more. But here is the thing that's interesting about this. Instead of the world rejoicing because there's no longer Christianity upon this world, because there is already not the call street of Jerusalem. And the Antichrist is going to go, <laughs> I got it. You know, we don't we don't take it for we don't take it serious enough. Many years ago I had the opportunity to visit with uh, Brother Larry Killian. He's now gone home to be with the Lord. And he had a small church in Tacoma, Washington. And he was telling me about one member who was so desired of the things of God that he would go down to uh, the, the Seattle complexes and pass out tracts to anyone that wanted them. Do you know he was beheaded because he would dare preach the gospel to sinners in the Seattle region? How many of you heard about that? He was and Brother Larry told me, he said, that's a very dangerous area down there. Because they have a greater desire for wickedness than they do for good. And so for that reason, when we begin to hear this testimony, we should not be surprised because our world is getting more and more wicked. How many times have we tried to witness? I think it was you, Brother Randy, that was telling me last week that he tried to witness to family members. And many times the family members uh, don't want to hear the truth. They just don't. They, they, it's like, well, don't, don't, get, don't over indulge me with this. Give me what I want to know. But the fact of the matter is, there's so much in this Bible. You know, uh, Greg and I were talking the other day about T.P. Simmons. And T.P. Simmons did a great job on systematic theology. How many of you have ever read the book by T.P. Simmons? I promise you, that is just an iceberg tip of what we're supposed to know about the things of God in the scriptures. 
We hold, we, we put these things called the articles of faith together. And the articles of faith are just what we rally around to say that this is our membership. This is what we agree to. But the reality is, is that if we stop We can never expect to go to memory, and we can never be ready completely. Everybody get it? So we have a responsibility. I believe in creation. I believe in the great flood. I believe that that Shem was the How many of us really believe that? That is the purpose and the plan that we see from the Word of God in everything that is done. I also believe that in the future, these two witnesses shall be physically killed in the land that is also known as Sodom and Egypt, which is Jerusalem. Look what else we have there. Uh, where our Lord was crucified. Where was Jesus Christ crucified? In Jerusalem. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations, in other words, all Now how many of us know that all the nations are there already? You have you have the black skinned peoples of Africa and also of Australia and other places that are there. You have the Oriental people that come and pay their homage homages to uh, this area of Jesus Christ. We have all the Gentiles, all the white folks are there from every known race and tongue. And we also have Jews. We also have Muslims. Everyone is there. And these two men have offended everybody. <laughs> I look at it this way. Offense. But if, if, when I offend everybody, there's another problem. Look what else it says. And, the, and so, and they and the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their bodies to be put in graves. In other words, we're going to let them just rot. Out in full view. You know, after three days, you already see the bloating effect. How many of us have ever seen, yeah, I know, in that wonderful news, how many of us have ever seen a dead deer on the long side of the road and it's now bloated after three days? It's not a pretty sight. The meat is ruined. Everything in that animal is now ruined. But notice the attitude of the people. And they that dwell... gifts around. Look what else it says. And they that dwell on the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and send and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Do you realize that these two men because of their voice and of what they had to say brought in a real effect. But then there's, their rejoicing is going to be turned to fear. 
Look what it says in verse 11. And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them. Can you imagine people watching and instead of being bloated and instead of being terrified, these men stand up. What would that do to you if you were aware and you were sure that they were dead? Maybe you even went up and kicked them. Maybe you only... They stood to their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them. Immediately, can you imagine these two men standing up and looking at the cameras? They want to make sure that everybody knows they're awake. Everybody wants to make sure that they're alive. Even the Antichrist going, what the It's not a magic trick. It's real. And instead of rejoicing, they're going to literally take a look at these individuals and they're going to see the course of God as he plans. Look at verse 12. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, Come! And these two men are no longer going to be restrained by the gravity of this earth, and they will launch. They will ascend into heaven. And notice what happens. And they send it up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. Don't tell me that's not going to bring fear. Because death to everyone means the final authority. But in this case, it's just the beginning. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake. Do, I, I really believe this earthquake has a purpose. It's going to be a reminder to those Jews that are left behind, those Jews that are going to be of the remnant that are called. They're going to remember what the scripture teaches. That when Jesus was crucified, there was an earthquake. When Jesus died, there was an earthquake. When Jesus died, there was a centurion that said, Surely this man must be the Son of God. And they're going to remember it. And notice, and the tenth part of the city fell. Maybe this is the end of the Dome of the Rock. I don't know. But something's going to happen. And when it ends, and, and there were going to be 7,000 slain, and the remnant were frightened and gave glory to God of the heavens. We're going to end up right there and we're not going to pick up on the new section, but I pray that we will enjoy our studies and that we'll become more involved in the things of God. We're going to be dismissing a final word of prayer. Let us do so. Father, again, thank you for the goodness that you show us. Lord, let us be serious about the things that we, we study and learn and help us, dear Father, not to say, I told you so, but that we look for the scriptures because we know that they are true. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. We're dismissed.